Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here, your host. I am a financial advisor in Northern California, and really my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. So guys, I got to tell you a quick story. It was pretty hilarious. This last weekend, I got to go play in a golf tournament on Saturday and Sunday at Spyglass. And uh, it's down in Carmel, California, one of the most beautiful courses I have ever played in my entire life. It was absolutely amazing. My buddy and I, actually a friend of mine that I used to play with in college on the college team, we qualified for the for the tournament. It was a four ball. So uh, if you aren't familiar, basically you each play your own ball and you keep your own score, but you just take the best score, whichever one of you made the best score, you take that. So if, if I make a five and my buddy made a four, we just take the four for that hole. So we went to a qualifier a couple weekends ago, made the cut and got to go play at Spyglass. So we drove down there this past weekend, uh, went and played. It was, again, absolutely amazing. Weather was perfect. Course was unbelievable. But it had been kind of a while. I mean, that qualifier round was the first time I'd played a competitive tournament probably since college. And it's a a way different deal than when you're just playing with your buddies on the weekend for fun. If you've never played a competitive round and, you know, every single putt matters, you actually have to make the two footers. There's no gimmies. There's people watching. I mean, not like the pros. It's not like there's a ton of people, but you know, it just, it, it it's a different feeling, a little bit different pressure. So you know, I'm warming up before the round. We're at the range. It's just an amazing facility. And our tea time was at 1.40 on Saturday afternoon. So we got breakfast early, went to the range early, practice. I had practiced for like three days prior to, which is a lot for me. Normally, I don't get to play that often. So I was going to the range in the evening and actually working on my golf game a little bit. Really excited for this whole tournament. And, you know, we get to our tee time. It's 10 minutes before, so we have to go up. They've got the tents over the first tee and everything and the the marshals and everything. You know, they announce every single player, give you all the rules, give you the pin sheets, all this stuff. So when it's your turn to hit, they actually announce your names and the people that are watching clap. I mean, again, it's probably just your playing partners and four or five people that are waiting to tee off after you. But still, they say, okay, next to the tee is Hunter Lowry from Auburn, California. And then everybody claps a little bit and you know, the pressure's on, right? Your heart starts racing. And I had never played the course before. So we teed off on number 10. They were teeing off on one and 10. We teed off on 10. It's a dogleg left, but it's a blind tee shot. I couldn't really see where I was supposed to hit this thing. I just kind of had to guess where it was supposed to go. I really didn't know. So I step up to the ball and I'm thinking, yeah, dang it. You know, I've been hitting it well. Uh, All the things you should not be thinking before you tee off, by the way. (laughs) But I was just thinking, man, I've been hitting the driver well. Just hit this up the left side and hit a little baby cut. It's probably going to end up in the fairway. 
Well, I kind of take a rip at it and I double cross it and duck hook the crap out of it hard left. So I was trying to hit the ball right. It went hard left right through the middle of the trees and just was so embarrassing. <laughs> and the, the first shot of this big tournament, I mean, it's one of the bigger amateur golf tournaments of the year, uh, in at least in Northern California. And I hit one of the worst golf shots I've hit in a, <laughs> in a really, really long time. Uh, it was horrible. So I have to do the walk of shame. I mean, I didn't even know where it went because, again, I don't know this course at all. So I was just hoping, by the grace of God, it was somehow in the other fairway next that was next to ours. And thank goodness it was. But then it gets even worse. You know, I'm in the middle of which would have been the ninth fairway. And people are teeing off on nine. So I got to sit there and wait and make my group wait for me. I just look like a total doorknob the, <laughs> the whole time. And my heart starts racing even more. I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, that went literally worst case scenario is just what happened. I mean, I guess I could have missed it. But besides that, this was the worst shot I could have hit on the first hole. Now I got to regroup <laughs> and not do it again and just blow up on the first hole. And it would just be so embarrassing. So had to regroup, you know, just sat there for a minute and took some practice swings and thought about, uh, well, actually I tried to think about nothing and just rely on the, all the practice. And I mean, I've been playing golf for most of my life. So, uh, tried to just relay or rely on all the things that I've been taught and all the practice I've done my whole life and just hit a normal golf shot. So I had to go back over the trees, luckily hit a pretty good shot and I ended up making par. So it wasn't the end of the world, but <laughs> my buddy and I were laughing for the next couple of days, just about how atrocious that was. And the people that we were playing with probably thought that I didn't belong out there at the time, but luckily played pretty decent after that. So it was an absolutely amazing weekend. Um, I mean, get to play that spyglass course was incredible, but it got me thinking a little bit, you know, it happens all the time in golf or in any other sports really where kind of the worst thing that can happen happens. <laughs> it comes to fruition. Like I said, the night before you're always thinking about the first tee shot or the opening tip of the basketball game and you don't ever want to duck hook one out of bounds or airball your first shot or again, whatever worst case scenario is, but that can happen in sports and it does happen quite often. So I was just thinking, what do you do when the worst thing happens in an athletic event? Well, normally you try to just slow down, go back to the basics, don't panic and just play your game, right? I mean, it's not that complicated. And luckily in a golf round, I get to hit a lot more shots. So uh, I have lots of opportunities to make it back up. But when we're talking about investments in financial planning in the market, the worst case scenario or the really bad times, they don't come quite as often. So when they do, it can catch us off guard. And sometimes we really don't know how to react to them. So I really want to talk about, you know, what should we be doing and what should we be thinking about when the bad times are hitting within the market? Because obviously, uh, if anybody's been listening to my podcast or paying attention to the market, the bad times are currently here. They're not, <laughs> they're not out in the future. They are right here right now. So what should you personally be doing during these times to make sure that you are adequately prepared for everything that's going to come. So one of the first things that you can always do and something that's really interesting to look at is potentially converting some of your traditional dollars to Roth dollars, whether that's a traditional IRA, traditional 401k into a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. And basically the difference of what that does is it makes it so that you take the tax hit. Now you would pay taxes on the amount of money that you convert and you convert it into tax-free growth. So the net result being 
Now the money's no longer growing tax deferred where you'd be paying taxes on the backside. The money was now growing 100% tax-free net in your pocket, which is always my goal for clients. I want to get as much money into Roth dollars as possible because obviously the more tax-free growth that we can generate, the better off that you're going to be in the long run. So especially for a little bit longer term investors, I think this is a great time to start to cash out on some of those positions, take a little bit of the tax hit now and convert them into Roth IRA dollars. Because at the end of the day, right now you have a smaller sum to convert than you did probably six to eight months ago. So you would realistically be able to convert the same number of shares that you had six or eight months ago at a lower cost because they're worth less now. So you'd be paying less taxes on them to generate that tax-free growth. But again, the longer time frame you have, the even the more that I think that this makes sense to, to take this strategy and convert traditional to Roth dollars. Another thing that you can do right now is increase your cash, pos cash position and realize some losses to offset potential gains. And this is really actually important, especially within non-retirement accounts where there is no tax deferred or tax-free growth because you are taxed, whether you know it or not, <laughs> on your realized gains on an annual basis. And I've talked about this a lot, right? Within non-retirement accounts, you could have a scenario where your account actually loses money at the end of the year, but you sold some positions at a gain, so you have to pay taxes on an account that lost money. Nobody likes to hear that. So by selling some positions that are at a loss, you're able to realize those losses for this tax year, and that is going to, again, offset some potential gains that you might have already sold and realized or may realize in the future. Okay, another thing you can do is just overall rebalance, which just in general implies that you need to review your financial plan so that you don't panic. And rebalancing is really, really important to go through. You don't wanna just be stuck with the same sectors forever and not ever change anything but you also don't wanna do things extremely quickly. And like I've told you guys, we're sitting in a larger position of cash right now than we normally do, just to buffer some volatility and have some cash on the sidelines to continue to buy in at lower and lower prices. But being able to go over your financial plan talk to your advisor, make sure that all your assets are in places where they should be. You do have some protection set up and you know how you're going to be able to, to afford your retirement goal or whatever goals that you may have. It allows you to not panic and panic sell. Because again, I know that I'm saying this for the hundredth time over, but the only people that get hurt on the roller coaster are the ones that jump off. You still own the same number of shares. They're just not worth the same amount. But until you sell them, you still have the opportunity for those shares to get back to the price that they originally were at or a better price than they are at currently, which is just overall the importance of having a financial plan. Again, that's why I always say I want to help create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth, because it's so easy to just say, oh, you know, I want to get really rich and throw my money into Bitcoin, or I want to get super rich and go into this new IPO, high-flying tech stock. My buddy said that one's going to take off and I'm going to be able to guaranteed retire in three months. I, I literally had people telling me that, uh, you know, a year ago they were saying, buy AMC for all your clients. You're going to help them retire uh, in just a couple months. That's all you got to do is just put all your money in AMC and GameStop and you're set for life. And <laughs> look at how that had turned out. I mean, holy moly, if you did that or uh, if you did that with clients, it would have been horrendous. And same with crypto and other uh you know, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, everybody was saying, oh yeah, these are some safe havens. They're going to go against what the actual market does. And they're going to perform better than gold even does in a down market. And look what ha what's happened there. 
Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, all these major cryptocurrencies have gotten beaten up and have acted even worse than the overall market has. So that wasn't a great spot to go either. And that's what having a financial plan does. It helps us to avoid falling into these get rich quick schemes or some of these traps that, you know, sound really great and you don't want to have FOMO, fear of missing out and not strike it rich. So you just have to throw some money in it and try and you end up getting really, really hurt. That's the importance of having a financial plan, knowing what your goals are and really reviewing those on a semi-annual basis so that you don't get into some of these emotional investing traps. Lastly, another great thing to do is increase your contributions. Get a little bit more aggressive on what you're contributing to your retirement accounts or any of your investment accounts in general. Personally, I will tell you that is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to budget better, increase my contributions, and take advantage of these discounted prices. I personally, guys, invest in the same exact models that I do with my clients. I do the same exact things that I'm telling you guys to do. I don't tell you to do one thing and go and run to the hills and do something else just to, to play the system. I do exactly the same stuff. So I'm reviewing my financial plan right now. I'm rebalancing some of my portfolios and I'm trying to be more aggressive and increase contributions to all of my different accounts, again, to take advantage of these prices. Because remember, we have always, always, always recovered from any downturn as long as you're diversified. Single stocks haven't always recovered. Crypto hasn't always recovered, but the overall major indexes and a well-diversified portfolio has always recovered from a downturn. So I'm going to just leave you with this. You have not lost any money in real life until you hit the sell button. You still have the same number of shares and all of those losses that you may be seeing on your statements are only on paper. They are not real yet. So if you're concerned, you want to talk about your game plan, you don't feel confident in your financial plan or your investment strategy right now, I would love to chat with you. So you know where to find me. You can go to hunterlowry.com. There is a link to my personal calendar. You can set something up and I would love to chat and see how I can help. All right, guys, I uh, very much wish <laughs> you could have seen that T-shot that I was talking about because I think it would have brightened everybody's day and you would have been able to laugh at me a little bit. But anyways, it's a great day to have a great day, everybody. Take care. Bye.